0: If you would, please turn to Psalm 99, and let us glorify and admire the holiness of God. That is the subject of this psalm, is the holiness of God. You will see it mentioned three separate times, and you will see it applied in how God interacts with man. Psalm 99, the Lord reigneth, Amen. let the people tremble, he sitteth between the cherubims, Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the people. Let them praise thy great and terrible name, for it is holy. The king's strength also loveth judgment. Thou, Thou dost establish equity, thou executeth judgment and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt ye the Lord our God, and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Moses and Aaron among his priests, and Samuel among them that call upon his name. They called upon the Lord, and he answered them. He spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. Thou answeredst them, O Lord our God. Thou wast a God that forgavest them, though thou tookest vengeance of their inventions. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. Amen. Let's exalt the holiness of God today with this song. Yes. The Lord reigneth. No, no, sorry. Let me do that again with the proper emphasis. The Lord reigneth. Amen. Amen. Does that excite you? Yes. There should be no greater confidence, no greater joy in this world for a child child of God than the fact that the Lord reigns. Yes. Right. He is in charge, period. He is the king that rules over all things. What have you to fear? What have you to be concerned about? What have you to worry about? The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. Now, yes, this is the Old Testament. It's speaking about fear and reverence of God. But is that something that's wrong for us to do? Should we? Not tremble at the Lord who reigns over all. Amen. Should we not have awe and fear of our God? Not a fear of punishment, but a fear of displeasing Him, because He is our God. Yes. I'll have you remember that in the New Testament you'll find the words again. New Testament: For our God is a consuming fire. He's still the same today. He hasn't changed. Let the people tremble. Let us show Him the awe that is due to His name. And we'll come back to that in a minute. He sitteth between the cherubims. Now, yes, in heaven, he sits between the cherubims. Yes, in heaven, he has them praising him constantly. And what do they proclaim in heaven? What do the cherubim proclaim constantly? Holy, holy, holy. But that's not what this psalm is speaking about. This psalm, as you go along, you will see it's about God's personal interaction with man. When God is spoken of between the cherubim here, this is speaking about his place in the temple and in the tabernacle of the Old Testament. He was on his mercy seat between the cherubim. God was with his people, with them in that place. Let the earth be moved. Yes. There should be awe and reverence that comes on us for the fact that God is with his people. Yes. He's present with us. He's not Amen. just a God sitting in heaven beholding. He's with his people. Let the earth be moved. Let every single person, every single creature, let the ground itself be moved in awe of a God that is with his people. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the people. Is he great in this Zion? Is he great in your heart? he He is holy. Is he great to you? He is high above all the people. Well, he's not just high above all the people. As we're told in another psalm, he humbles himself to look on the things in heaven. How much more does he humble himself to look on us? He is high above us. He is great. And so he should be great in Zion to us. Let them praise thy great and terrible name. Now, we live in a generation that doesn't like the idea of a God that is terrible, that should cause fear, that should cause awe. No, God is supposed to be our buddy, our co-pilot, all those things to people today. But he is terrible. He exacts judgment in the earth. He takes vengeance, as we've already heard and as we will hear yet again in this psalm. God is terrible. He's powerful. He's strong in majesty and might. Should we bless his name for that? Amen. Amen. That's part of what the Lord wants us to know about him is that his name is terrible. His name brings fear. Why do you think the Canaanites would remember this is the God that destroyed Pharaoh in the Red Sea? Yes. God wants his name to be terrible to his enemies, and he wants it in many ways to be terrible to us that we reference it properly. Yes, right. Why? For it, his name, is holy. Amen. Our God is holy. He is perfectly free from sin. That holiness is the way that all of his acts, all of his acts, Character, traits, and attributes fit together in the way that is perfectly right. And that includes his vengeance and his justice. That's part of his holiness. The king's strength also loveth judgment. Now, this king's strength, the strength of the king, is God. Yes, He loves judgment. He loves to do what is right. That's right. But not only does he love to do what is right, because, you know, there are just men out there who, who like right things. But are they able to make Justice prevail? Men can't. But our God, thou dost establish equity. Thou executest judgment and righteousness in Jacob. He doesn't just love justice. He makes it happen. He causes it to come to pass by his power. That's the might and wonder of our God. Exalt ye the Lord our God. That's what this psalm is all about. Are we going to exalt the Lord our God? Are we going to admire and to glorify Him? Exalt the Lord and worship at His footstool. Show yourself to be humble. Show yourself to be the nothing that we really are. We are dirt that God breathed into and made alive. We should worship at His footstool. He is so high above us. But why should we worship at His footstool? For He is holy. Our God is holy. Second time, we've been told it already. It must be important because it's been repeated. God is holy. He is perfect and sinless. Now we come to the personal interaction with certain individuals, Moses and Aaron among his priests, and Samuel among them that call upon his name. They called upon the Lord, and he answered them. Now you may ask, why these three men? Why these specific three men? And the answer is, because these three men at some point interceded for Israel. And that's what you need to keep in mind here, is these men were selected for their intercession on behalf of Israel when Israel had sinned. Moses, well, we can't even count the number of times that Moses interceded for Israel and saved them. Aaron, there came the occasion just after Korah rose up and God destroyed Korah and those with him that the people of Israel immediately murmured and said, well, Moses and Aaron have destroyed the people of God. Well, God did it. I don't know what they were paying attention to. But they started murmuring and the Lord caused a plague to come out among them. And the Lord told Moses and Aaron, get out from among them. I am going to destroy them. And Moses turned to Aaron and said, get your censer and get in front of the people right now, between the Lord and the people, yes. and make oblation for them. Right. And Aaron stood before the people, and the Lord forgave them. The Lord turned back from that plague and stopped destroying the people. Yes. And as for Samuel, Samuel, when the people asked for a king, the Lord wasn't happy. But look, at, people were all gathered together, and he started thundering and sending rain. And they were terrified. And Samuel's reply was, I will pray for you that the Lord will forgive you. Yes. All three of these men stood between God and Israel when Israel had done something to make him angry. They all interceded. And what was his, what was his reply? He answered them. All three of those men stood before Israel and saved them, Israel because he heard them. He spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. Now, he didn't speak to Samuel that way, but he spoke to him face to face. These three men are special because God spoke to them, had conversations with them. Samuel heard the voice of God. They were all special men in that regard, and that's why he mentions them here. They kept his testimonies. What does the holy God look for for the people that represent his people? They kept his testimonies. That's one of the things that sets these men apart. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave them. They fulfilled that word. Whether it be difficulty to them, Moses didn't want the job. Aaron didn't want the job. Samuel didn't want to give his very first conversation from God to his master because he knew it was punishment on Eli's house. Yet they all did it. They all fulfilled their tasks because they knew the Lord was holy and they wished to serve him. And what was the reply? Thou answered them. The Lord answered those men because of the way that they conducted themselves. He spoke to them face to face because of how they acted. O Lord our God, thou wast a God that forgavest them. Now, it switches here. Thou answered them, at the beginning of the verse, is speaking of those three men. But the next two portions of this are not speaking about them. Thou forgavest them. Because of the righteousness of these men standing before and interceding for the people, he forgave Israel. Three times. Well, more than that if you count Moses. Thou Though thou tookest vengeance of their inventions. Now, this is not describing vengeance upon Samuel or upon Aaron or upon Moses. This is speaking about vengeance upon Israel. In all three occasions, God had already started his judgment. He'd already caused trouble. But the Lord stopped because of those men, because of their relationship with him. That's the power of holiness of our God. He is holy in that he forgives when he is called upon by the righteous. He stops his vengeance. Because he loves his people. That's part of his holiness. So, brethren, we're back at, we're back at the topic again. Exalt the Lord our God. Will you exalt him? Are you doing it now in your heart? Have you done it in preparation for today? And will you continue to do it today? Will you exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill? Will we come together to worship him in his holiness to give Him, what is due to him, the praise, the honor, and the glory. For the Lord our God is holy. Third time. It must mean something because it's there again. The Lord our God is holy. Will we see him as such? Will we treat him as such? Will we behave ourselves like the three men mentioned here, that we would be worthy of interceding and the Lord would hear us? Brethren, the Lord be glorified. The Lord be exalted for his holiness. Will you exalt him the way that you should today? Amen. Amen.